I've told this story to many people during this sermon series, is that back in February, I took a week, uh, called a study week, where um, I just spent the whole week kind of preparing for what I was going to be talking about in 2020. Uh, and, and as a youth pastor, for the last 10 years, I knew that um, in order for students to really dive into a message, I had to make sure they understood how the Bible was practical and applicable to their lives within the first five minutes of that message. If I didn't do that, they would tune me out for the next 15 minutes. So I had, I had to show them right away. So my thought coming into as a student pastor is that I would just plan a series that would be very applicable and practical to our lives today. I did that back in February, and I had no idea that during these last few months we would have been going through a worldwide pandemic, polarization in our country would be at an all-time high, and this would be one of the most, if not the most, highly contested election that has not only divided our nation, but has caused division and hurt between brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, despite all of these circumstances, back in February, I knew that I wanted to end this series asking the question, well, what's next? What do we do from here? And there was one passage that always stuck in my heart that I wanted to share with us this morning. So I'm so excited to do that as we look at a passage in the Bible that is commonly known as the love chapter of our Bibles. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 as we talk about love this morning. Verses are going to be up on the screen throughout the sermon as well. Um, And as you're turning, I just want to remind you that here at CCCH, we're going to teach from God's Word every week because we believe God has primarily spoken to us through His Word. And not only do we believe God's Word, the Bible, is true, but that it's very applicable to our lives today. And so in this letter, in the, the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, he has a great passion and a great care for this church. This church is very near and dear to his heart. And I think one of the reasons why is that this church is thriving in a city that, well, I've described the city of Corinth before as the Las Vegas of its day. It was known for its risque lifestyle, its experiences. Corinth was filled with this one word, debauchery. Now you may be thinking, well, what does that mean? Well, if you don't know what that word is, go ahead and take a screenshot of it, look it up later on today. If you do know what it means, you know that I said that word this morning because I know we have some young ears and some young listeners this morning, so I'm okay at going over their head a little bit. Yet in the midst of this city, this church was doing an amazing work to help people find new life in Jesus Christ. And surrounding chapter 13 is chapter 12 and chapter 14 of this letter, in which Paul is telling the church in Corinth and reminding them of the spiritual gifts that they have received because of their relationship with Jesus Christ. These gifts of the Holy Spirit that they have a twofold purpose. The first purpose is to use these gifts to unify the believers, to unify the church. And the second purpose of these gifts is to show non-Christians their need for relationship with Jesus Christ. So in chapter 12 and chapter 14, Paul affirms that the Corinthians not only have these gifts, but are using these gifts 
for good things for the most part. They had some of their issues. Yet Paul, in between talking about these spiritual gifts, talking about their mission, pauses and talks a little bit about love in chapter 13. Because what he's going to do is he's going to remind them and remind us today of what's most important. What will truly unify and will truly impact those around us. It's love. So look with me here, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Paul writes this, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. So in those first three verses, Paul lifts lists these spiritual gifts that are external. And what I mean by external is that you can clearly see these gifts being displayed in someone's life, and these gifts are having a clear and powerful impact in that moment on other people around them. So some of these gifts listed here in verses 1 through 3, in our church culture today, we would say these are not a normal experience within the American church. But that doesn't mean that these gifts still don't exist today in in the universal church, in in the global church, the big C church. Now, there's different debate on some of these gifts. And regardless of uh, uh, what you believe about how these gifts are being used today, these gifts are absolutely meaningless without love. Like in verse 1, you can have the most beautiful and powerful prayers to God. You can declare those truths to God, but there, if there is no love in your heart for them, you know what that sounds like to everyone else as you're making those prayers? Doesn't sound good. That, that's how those prayers sound to everyone else. Or, or in, in verse 2, I, you can have the, the, share the greatest, most inspiring words that everyone can hear. You can display the greatest faith, but without love for others... It means nothing. Your faith, your words, meaningless. And in verse 3, I can be the most generous, I can be the most sacrificial, most selfless person. But without loving those people that I'm acting that way towards, it's nothing. This is a harsh reality that, that Paul paints for the church in Corinth because this church prided itself on utilizing their spiritual gifts. However, their love for one another was lacking. So what is love then? Well, verses 4 and following remind us of that truth. Paul writes this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Verse 6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. As I read through that passage of scripture, it may take some of you back to your wedding ceremony or, or to a wedding ceremony that you attended. Yet these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 
are, are, are primarily written for a church. And they can be primarily applied to us today as the church. And I want to camp out here for a, a moment because that this whole series, this whole concept of divided we stand. Being divided on some things, but standing on the things that we need to be unified in. And if you remember, when we began this series, we, we talked about this, this phrase. You can throw it up there. It's the idea of in the essentials of our faith, we have unity. In the non-essentials of our faith, we have liberty. We, we give grace and freedom to one another. But in all things, we have love. Like church, if we don't get love right between us, we can't love the world. If we don't love one another, we lose our unity and we just harbor disunity and we can't love the world. If you remember the prayer that Jesus prayed for us 2,000 years ago, I've read it a few times during the series. In John chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus prays this for you and I 2,000 years ago. He says this, my prayer is not for them alone. He's talking about his disciples I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's, that's me. That's you. That, that's everyone who has put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Savior. Verse 21. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So we're reminded that when we are unified, that will show the world how amazing Jesus is. But unity is a far-fetched, unreachable goal without love. Unity is a far-fetched, unreachable goal without love. Okay, so love's up here. We're talking about it as an idea, as a concept. What does love practically look like in 2020? I know that's the question I have in my mind. Now, as we look back in verses 4 through 7, there are 14 different words or phrases that describe love. In a little bit, we're going to come back to those words, and we're going we're to soak those words in, and we're going to pray those words over our hearts and our minds. But I, I want us to go to verse 8 and how Paul wraps up this little section about love. Look what he has to say. Verse 8, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. You see, these gifts of the Spirit that Paul talks about extensively in chapters 12 and 14, what he says here in verse 8 is that they're going away someday. There's not going to be a need to be unified through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives here on this earth when we're in a perfect place, heaven, someday. There's not going to be a need to have these spiritual gifts to declare these truths to the masses so that people who don't know Jesus can have a relationship with Jesus because someday we'll be in a perfect place with everyone worshiping and glorifying the only one who deserves all honor and glory and praise. But the one thing that will continue on forever is love. Love will be there. Love will, will fill our hearts, it will fill our minds, it will fill our eternal home. And so that's why if we pursue loving others right now the way God loves us and God loves everyone, we won't fail. We can be divided on some things, yet stand unified 
if we love. We can help people find new life in Jesus Christ if we love. We can make an impact in our community that is hurting because of what we're going through in our society if we love. We can agree to disagree on things within our culture and still stay unified if we love. Because love never fails. That's our big idea for this morning. There's one thing that you and I can take away from this text, from this message. You can take a picture of it on the screen, screenshot it, write it down, whatever you need to do. Here it is. If we love one another, we won't fail. If we love one another, we won't fail. What are we not failing at? We're not failing at this whole idea that we've talked about of being divided yet stand. We can be divided yet stand if we love one another. Everything that we have navigated and talked about in these last two months, everything going on in our culture, our church can do what God has called us to do if we love one another. And so, like I said, we're going to spend some time talking about these characteristics. But before we do that, there's, there's one point I need to make about love. And here it is. Is that love is outside of ourselves. Love is outside of ourselves. I'll be the first to admit it, that love doesn't naturally inhabit my heart. It's not something that, that, apart from the Holy Spirit, that I have a desire to do on my own. Love can only be understood and received and shown to the max here on this earth in the context of a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Believing that Jesus died on the cross in the most selfless sacrificial act of love 2,000 years ago and that he rose again from the grave three days later to overcome sin and Satan and death and hate in my life and your life and in the world. And so I can only show love to others if I have fully embraced the love that Jesus has for me in a relationship with him. See, love is an action that was done towards me. It's something I experience outside of myself, but in the same way, I can only love people if I let it come outside of me. Love has to be more than a feeling. The guys from the band Boston, if you, if you know this band, they like to remind you that it, it is more than a feeling. Yes, that's right. And here's what I have to say about that. Two things. Number one is that I have always operated under the principle that if someone has curly hair, you trust them no matter what. So I've always trusted this lyric in this song. Just, that's just a general rule of thumb. Number two, my falsetto sounds even better when I'm driving alone in the car. I'm just saying it is outstanding. You may disagree with me and we can agree to disagree and that's okay. But in all seriousness. Love is more than a feeling. Love is a verb. It's an action. It, it has to show itself outside of just our feelings and, and our thoughts and our concept, or, or the concepts in our mind. Because if love stays inside, it ain't love. If love just stays in our heart and our mind, it ain't love. And so as we've talked about these hot topic issues in our culture these last couple months, whether you agree or disagree with everything that's been shared on this stage, whether you agree or disagree with, with everything that's been talked about in those Q&As, 
the most important question that you and I can ask ourselves this morning is this. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Like, if you want to be intentional about loving people who are part of the LGBT community, then you have to get to know them. You have to get to a place where you can hear their stories, that you can be their friend and practically show them ways of how you care for them, just like you would want someone to show you ways of how they care for you. If you want to help those who are struggling with anxiety or depression, don't just say, hey, I'll pray for you and then let it go. Write down their prayer requests. Set reminders on your phone. Call them. Text them. Be available to them. Check in on them periodically to see how they're doing. If you want to get to the place of agreeing to disagree with someone on their political views or who they voted for, don't do it over social media. But grab a coffee with them. And as you have a conversation where your verbals and your nonverbals are coming through, don't try to prove them wrong. Just listen to them. If you want to be an advocate for the refugee or the foreigner, then, then step up and, and, and teach an online ESL class. Or support organizations that are helping kids who have been separated from their families during this time. If you want to stand up to racism, then go beyond words. Go beyond hashtags. Go beyond yard signs. Go beyond posts on social media and engage in conversations with our minority brothers and sisters in Christ. Support minority-owned businesses and organizations that you may not normally support during this time. You see, love is a verb. It's something that God did to us when he gave up his son Jesus for us. And it is also something that God calls us to do in our lives. You know, as Todd and I shared in that video, these last two months of 2020, we're going to move forward as a church in practically showing love by being generous. And by faith, we're going to continue to be generous in this season because we believe love is an action. And we are confident that in our generosity, love will not fail. Next week, you're going to hear about some ways that we're going to have throughout the month of November of doing this in connection with Bethany Christian Services, one of our mission partners. But today, right now, what we're going to do is this. We're going to watch a short video about an opportunity that we're going to have in the month of November to come alongside one of our mission partners, Sunshine Gospel Ministry, and put our words into action and show love to our friends in the Woodlawn community. So real quickly, go ahead and take a look at this video. Hi, my name is Marvana Cash. Here at Sunshine Gospel Ministries, I am the director of our elementary school outreach program. I'm here today to talk about our Christmas store, just being a staff member and walking through it from phase one all the way to the end. What was really fun for me was seeing how we transformed our multi-purpose space literally into a store, ranging from putting decorations up to putting prices on all the gifts and just seeing a mom be able to get a bike and a puzzle and a quality electronic device all for very meaningful prices to, to offset you know, their needs was, was great. And 
it was just wonderful to see smiles on families' faces and to know that something like this exists on the south side of Chicago. I grew up in Woodlawn, and I'll definitely never forget this. We are definitely going to need your help uh, this Christmas due to COVID and just the toll that is taking on everyone, uh, and more so the toll is taking on everyone financially. We will not be able to do uh, our Christmas store without your help. We're asking that you give new and unwrapped gifts that reflect the African-American community here in Woodlawn that we are serving. If you're interested in giving to our store, check out the link below uh, or contact us through email. So we definitely look forward to partnering with you. God bless you. So if you've, been, if you've been at CCCH for a while, if you've been at CCCH for a while, you know that um, we have supported Sunshine Gospel Ministries Christmas Store for a number of years. And because of COVID, Sunshine Gospel and the Woodlawn community of Chicago uh, increased their um, help of families to, from about 150 to 200 families on a monthly basis to over 1,000 families. And so there are some families that are hurting, that are struggling. And we have an opportunity, church family, to, to uh, provide some new presents for families there in the Woodlawn community to, to purchase then at a quarter of the value that what we bought it. And there's a lot of families, there's a lot of uh, kids in need. And how amazing would it be to, to put our love into action by allowing parents the dignity to buy these presents and knowing that they're bringing some joy and some happiness to their kids who have gone through the arena, who have struggled mightily during this pandemic. And so throughout the month of November, through November 29th, we're going to be, uh, have this opportunity to buy presents for Sunshine Gospel's Christmas store. And you can go to our website. You can click on the link. They have an Amazon registry link as well as a Target registry link. And you can just, you can buy it there and it'll get shipped right to Sunshine Gospel. If you like to do the whole brick and mortar thing, you're, you're going to those stores, you can find those lists as well and you can contact me and we'll let you know how to do that and where to drop off presents if you want to deliver them here. But church, this is just one way that we can put our love into action. But know this, that if you're part of this family, we're not stopping. We're, we're moving forward and showing love. Because the only thing that we can do after everything that we've experienced this past week and these past few months, not knowing what's going to happen in 2021, not knowing when this pandemic is going to end, not knowing when we can take off masks, not knowing any of those things, the only thing that we can do moving forward to stay unified and helping people find new life in Jesus Christ is to show love. And I believe that if we love one another, we won't fail. And so right now, we're going to have an opportunity to worship and to declare to God that he is faithful, that because of his actions toward us, we won't fail. Because of his actions toward us, we can be confident that he won't fail and that he's going to give us the power and the strength of his spirit to move us forward. So we're going to have this opportunity to worship him. And then after that, I'm going to come back up and we're going to have a time of prayer asking God to give us his love in this season. So would you stand with me as we declare these truths to God together?